Not gonna lie, son. That's gangster as fuck. I'm here to tell you, there's a group of elitists that run this nation, a group of globalists that run the world, and their money runs it. And I'm going to tell you something, it is nothing more than a satanic death cult. There's really not a nefarious plan. Y'all just tinfoil hat wearers. Willy-nilly nonsense. Okay, you guys, relax. Okay? Take a deep breath. Be fine, don't worry. You ready? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Cool, Dad, what is that? Come here. Some old Indian thing. What's it for? Well, I don't know much about Indians, but I do know tools. And if I had to guess, I'd say you jam one of these in the back of a white man's skull, twist the handle like so, and then your blood runs out through the hole here. Yep, well, have to do that's what it's for. Well, I mean, Jesus was a white man, too. All right, you guys, take your cue from me. La, 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 la. are in there doing TikTok dances. <laughs> Stuff that'll make you sick. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus was. When Jesus was. When Jesus was. When Jesus was. Willy nilly nonsense. It's a chance to do good for us boys in the hood. Just call us NWA, Neighbors with Appetizers. This is the facts. The facts, Jax. Oh, happy day. It's like 22 paragraphs long. We are speed bumps to the deep state on the road to their progressive communism. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, 
elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right, y'all. Welcome to the Wine Cellar. We are here. We have seven. seven. Yes. I was like, we're going seven, right? It is seven. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and William, who is furiously attempting <laughs> to produce this show right now. Oh, yeah. This live engineering shit, man. Fuck it. We'll do it live, but there's consequences. Anyways, um, we have news. We have commentary. I think we're covering some climate change news, some political news. We get to laugh at some people um, who made some bad decisions. They fucked around. They found out. Now we have a story, (laughs) essentially. Some COVID updates and all that jazz. But the first thing, because we were talking about this today in the car, because we're all in the car and we talk to each other like a family unit. Weird. Uh, One of the things that we were talking about was this article. This is on the Globe and Mail, and it's an op-ed, and the title is I'm one of the service workers who left the restaurant industry during the pandemic. Serve yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lori Fox is uh, apparently also an author. They have a book coming out. Maybe we should check out their book. I don't know. Lori Fox. Yeah, it's called This Has Always Been a War. I don't know what it's about, but maybe. Like I if this know. if this op-ed goes well, maybe. It's like 22 paragraphs long. I can read 22 paragraphs. I read the Bible once. Uh, oh, you read the Bible? Yeah. Stuff ought to make you sick. It did. <laughs> Fucking thank you, Greg Locke. You loaded almost a whole page. Of, wait, from Greg Locke in the soundboard, I shit you not, I have uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 soundboard spots filled with Greg fucking lot. Oh, no, no, no. 15. My bad. 15 is the accurate number. This is the facts. The facts, Jax. He is the gift that keeps on giving, as evangelicals tend to be. All right. Um. So this is from Lori Fox. And here we go. Excuse me. The pandemic left the restaurant industry reeling, with up to two-thirds of the food service workers losing their jobs during the shutdown. But now that things are opening back up, restaurants find themselves in desperate need of workers and baffled that they can't seem to find them. Now, we're going to read the whole article, but I'm just going to preemptively guess that part of this is about wages and shitty hours and rude customers. But let's find out. I could be wrong. Nah, it was written by a woman. They would never talk about that stuff. They would never talk about that stuff. No. Uh, I was a server for 15 years. Oh, my God, that's so long. My bad. Actually, I don't know that nigga's pronouns, though, so chill with that. Oh, okay. Uh, So I I, I just like, I don't know that nigga. You know, it's it's uh... (laughs) non-binary. I was a server for 15 years. When the pandemic struck a year and a half ago, I was one of the millions of food service workers, cooks, bussers, hosts, and servers who were furloughed as the world shut down. I'm also among those who chose not to return to the industry when things began to open back up. I am one of your missing service workers. Let me shed some light on the mystery of the labor shortage. I like how mystery is in quotes with this one. Well, here we go. With an abysmally low rate of pay, bad, often erratic hours, no sick days, near constant sexual harassment, racism, sexism, and queer phobia, working in service sucks. 
Weird how I knew that this person was gonna go there. Uh, and yet this hasn't stopped pundits and even some restaurateurs from decrying our lack of good old fashioned work ethic and blaming the government dole for keeping us from returning to our rightful place, tableside making them money and waiting on our betters. What has been said that the CERB has kept us from re-entering the workforce, that we're lazy and unambitious and we simply don't want to work. It's ridiculous. It's also indicative of the way much of society thinks about working class bodies as expendable, interchangeable, and replaceable parts of a capitalist machine over which it feels it has ownership. Some people not only feel entitled to our labor, but to pay as little for it as possible. I swear I'm not going to make this into a sex work segment, but you know, this is kind of how people talk about sex workers too, but sex workers are the only exploited ones, remember? Hmm. Uh, let's be clear then. It's not that we don't want to work. It's just that we don't want to work a physically demanding job in substandard conditions without benefits for minimum wage. How is that a complicated concept? And we especially don't want to do that during the rising fourth wave of a pandemic. A study published earlier this year found the risk of death during the pandemic increased 40% for food and agricultural workers in California. Some of your missing workers are not missing. They're just dead. Yeah. You'll have to excuse us if we're not chomping at the bit to get back to bringing you your dinner. Before the pandemic, many of us working class people were hustling so hard, we didn't have time to question the way we were living, nor the way we were being treated by our employers, which is to say, in both cases, often poorly. What CERB gave us wasn't economic stability. $2,000 a month is only about twelve fifty an hour. But it did give us time to think about what, what we wanted, which, as it turns say, out, in both cases, often may poorly. not uh, be able to make a living for other people while we rag and bone our way through life. Some people can and are going back to work in the service, and that's great. Making food for people and catering to their needs and seeing to it that they have a break from their lives and feel care for in the process seems to be an intrinsically socially useful enterprise, more so than being a social media manager, stockbroker, or brand anal analyst, certainly. I urge these folk, however, to not simply accept the old conditions upon their return. Businesses need you desperately, and if this is truly a free market, you should be able to adjust your wage accordingly. Good point. I find out what the living wage is in your community. In my hometown of Whitehorse, it's 1907, and in Toronto, it's 2208, so demand that. Why work for what you can't live on? A wage that isn't a living wage is a poverty wage. Uh, many former restaurant staff found other jobs during the shutdown, however. A server friend of mine took a better paying and safer position in retail management, another started a photography business, and a third found work as a teacher. Free from the grind, they suddenly had time and space to move into other positions that suited them better. I, for one, was never on CERB. With my hours open, I was able to grow my freelance business and secure a regular income as an editor. I also enrolled in an MFA program at the University of British Columbia because I realized that I wanted to teach writing. In the past 18 months, I pitched, sold, and wrote my first book. That seems out of chronological order. Shouldn't Wait, you write pitch, it? sold, and wrote? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't you write it, pitch it, and then sell it? Uh, okay. I'm, I, again, I don't know that nigga's pronouns, but they are white, so, you know. I also like the <laughs> fact that I just glanced over at your screen and I see someone making a disapproving face, and that's how I felt about that sentence, too. Okay, I was actually, <laughs> I was going to post that because, all right, tangent time, my bad, folks, and this is a tangent that's not even on topic at all. Um, <laughs> that screenshot Phoenix Kalita just mentioned, I will be posting that, especially because she mentioned it now. 
Uh, that's Zaza Ali. She's a hotep I like to listen to. Yes, I like to li- I, like I actually like to listen to this hotep, even with all the shit I disagree on because the conservatism comes with it. But why did I save her face making that face? Because I know subliminal disses. And she threw a shot at Kevin Samuels, and that was the face she made when she did it. Okay, and I just had to save that. That amu- And yes, every time Zaza Ali talks about men, she cuts her hair shorter. Yeah. And I, I think I want to do like a... Um, a progression. You, you could actually make a calendar at this point. A Zaza Ali talking about men and cutting her hair calendar. It is outstanding. All right. She's so close to getting out of the hotel. She's so close. Yeah. I mean, you know what? She isn't going to and let them have. She's damn near third wave feminist now. It's interesting. She is inadvertently bringing feminism to hoteps and I dig it. Um, I also joined a hiking group, read more books and spent more time fishing. I'm a better friend, a lover, and community member than I was when I was a server with rewarding work and hours within my control. I have more time and energy for myself and therefore more care and attention to give to others. I work as many, if not more hours a week as I did in service. I just don't work those hours for someone else's benefit. Like I said, it's not that we don't want to work. It's just that we don't want to work for you. We want to serve ourselves. So, yeah. And then, of course, we were talking about this, and I don't know if anybody else wants to go over any of their service industry stories about horrible customers and, you know, shitty wages and things like that. But, you know, this um, whole piece makes perfect sense to me because why would you want to go back to that? Um, when I was a waitress, I started off making three oh nine an hour plus tips, and by the time I left, I think I was making, like, three twenty three an hour plus tips. And customers were awful, and it just wasn't worth it. So, yeah. Mm. Nah, that was it. They were just awful. They were awful. Oh, I want to be the only one telling stories here. Yeah, I guess you did just yeah. uh, rip, rip through a lot of mic time. Um, uh, yeah, Seven Black, the paperwork lady. That's not yeah. an official. I just say that uh, to her at work. <laughs> um, yeah, I hated working at like fast food because customers are really rude and bosses are annoying and just the whole like work culture like everyone's dating each other and there's just so much drama like so much unnecessary drama yes definitely and they don't pay anything yes it doesn't pay well i think the biggest thing for me was the customers because it always seemed like um management would side with the customers even if they were being like completely uh like unreasonable or impractical about things like you know um because there's just certain things that aren't in your control necessarily as a server. And, I, you know, it's like people don't act like they don't understand that. They're like, oh, the kitchen made my order wrong. Well, okay, I'm not in the kitchen and out here. I can't do both of those jobs at once. And, you know, people will get upset about that. Or people will be uh, like, I had a guy actually curse me out because we were out of something on the menu. And I was like, sir, this is IHOP. There is nothing on the menu that's like so precious. You need to be this upset. Like, right. bro, it's an omelet and pancakes. Calm down. Yeah. Like, you know, and, you know, that sort of behavior. And, you know, we were talking in the car about these things. And, like, um, you know, I remember distinctly, like, a lady uh, yelled at me over teapots. Um, I had someone uh, yell at me because um, they didn't want to go outside in the rain. So my manager sent me outside in the rain to go get a paper for them. So I had to get all wet while wearing a white shirt, mind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like the vast amount of sexual harassment. When I was uh, working as a waitress, uh, one time one of my managers gave me a vibrator and told me to use it so I would be in a better mood when I came to work. 
Yeah, like that sort of behavior. Like, and it's so normal in the service industry. It is. Like, I, yeah, I remember uh, someone left me a comment, how they have a comment card sometimes. Someone left me a card and said that they um, were giving me a bad rating because my boobs weren't big enough. Which is also like, have a you, have you seen That's... them? Because <laughs> they're kind of ridiculous, what? actually. Yeah. Want them to... <laughs> but yeah, just to be misogynistic. And, yeah. Yeah, I remember like customers would intentionally um, like confuse black staff members mm. who like to a point where it's like, we look nothing like there's no way that you can be confusing us. And that was a coworker I had where she was significantly taller than me. She was quite thin and dark skin and people kept confusing us. And I was like, I'm short, I'm fat, I'm light skinned. She's tall, she's skinny, she's dark skin. Like, aside from facial features, our shapes aren't even remotely similar, but people would, you know, and if you would say anything, like you would get in trouble or you would get written up because, you know, we have to value the customers somehow, but this is how people behave. And like, why the fuck would you do that for $3 an hour? That's why there are times when sometimes, like, I'd be against patriarchy. Sometimes I'd be like, yo, I really could not. If I didn't have male privilege, I'd be fucking, I would have got shot by now. I'd have been so fucking killed if I didn't have male privilege. Because, like, situations like that, like the the confusing you with other people, mm-hmm. uh-uh. I don't do all that shit. Uh-uh. Go get him. Henry, come on. I just said a nigga's real name in there, but I don't care. Henry, come on, bring him on. No, we're going to stand right next to each other. I want you to describe exactly what is making us so identical. The floor is yours. Begin speaking. Like, folks, the way you see me talk to people on social media, that's me. It is. It's not, I don't fake it. That's actually me fucking around with the general public. And um, for me, leaving the, the fast food, I think something that's not mentioned enough is... The people that think they're good customers, mm. you suck too. All right? I'll, I'll leave a picture on, on social media the way I stacked up my, the dishes for the, the, the table busser. I helped them. No, you didn't. Your stack is horrible. You don't actually work here, and you're not good at it. Your <laughs> stack is fucked. And, it, and you also pissed off the dishwasher, yeah. which tends to be an already already edgy guy. Like, the dishwasher is, like, fucking... Does anyone ever not have Slim Shady as their dishwasher in the fucking restaurant? (laughs) Maybe if Slim Shady was a vato. Yeah. Well, if you look at some paintings at the Puyallup Fair... Yeah. He was fucking... He was fucking Slim Shady, I said. Yeah. Fucking D12. What up? And the customer is that, like... If you know you work at a restaurant that doesn't even, like, charge that much, it's fast food, and they, like, come in with such high expectations, like, those are the most annoying customers. Mm -hmm. Because when I... Am I allowed to say the name of the place I work? Uh, Did you sign any paperwork that said you can't? No. (laughs) Yeah, NDA. Say that. Non-disclosure agreement. No, I didn't sign an NDA, but um, when I was looking at Little Caesars, people that would order, like, thin crusts, like, they were the bougiest customers for no reason. Like, like, just because it's a thin crust does not make you better than anyone. It's $7. At Little Caesars. Yes. People be like that. No, people really do be like that, though. I remember so many times that people would be upset, um... Like, people, when I, I used to work at a Denny's, too, uh, people would always get, like, the T-bone steak, and then they would complain about the quality, and I'm like, it's Denny's, and it's, it's $12. Like, I don't know what you thought you were getting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're getting the whole meal for 12 You can barely get, like, a good quality T-bone for 12 but all right. Hey, and that's like, because, and this is what we were riffing about in the car. Like, basically, in the car was show prep. And, uh, like, 
Because motherfuckers think that as soon as some shit is not a McDonald's burger or a Burger King burger and a French fry with a two-minute shelf life, they think that it's suddenly five fucking stars. And, um, and I signed my non-disclosure thing like over a decade ago, and I doubt that's binding anymore. And if so, I don't know, statute of limitations? Fuck off, Boston Market. All right, but like... <laughs> People come to fucking Boston Market thinking this shit is that ill. That's why I was actually so jazzed when we got microwaves, because now I can say that nice and loud. Oh, you need more steamed vegetables? Let me go fire that up in the microwave microwave. for you. (laughs) Don't worry. Hey, I got it in the microwave. Let's go. Right? And, uh, And my niece may hear me. I call people sir and whatnot a lot. I deliberately did not do that shit when I was working in customer service. None of you are sir. None of you are ma'am. All right? You are all the individual. All right? Uh, Oh, I I need to get something for this individual. Uh, Do you need that, my good person? Like, I would not say sir or ma'am on purpose because you're not special. You just walked in this. You understand that you just walked into a building where a few hours ago somebody shit on the wall. Ugh. This is not some prestigious joint. Shit was very recently on the same wall that you're leaning up against text messaging. All right, my nigga, Boston Market ain't popping like that. It's Boston fucking Market. And I'm pretty sure they hired illegal immigrant labor to do the 2010 renovations. Remember when Boston Market switched to, like, reusable plates and whatnot? I think they used a whole lot of labor that Obama shortly after deported. Mm-hmm. It was his administration. All right, tangent, tangent, tangent. <laughs> All right, but that shit, like, and then, okay, actual bad customers. I got I, 12 years in this shit, buddy, okay? Right. Uh, one that super annoyed me, very Italian stereotype dude. And by Italian stereotype, I'm talking like the guy who, um, he never got promoted to capo. All right? <laughs> like, he, j- he just couldn't make the cut. But he still wanted to comb his hair like that and at least crease his jeans like he was going to be a boss one day. You were never going to be a boss, Vinny. That's why he came to Boston Market. He would let you start making his shitty order. But, and then, but deliberately then be like, wait, stop, put on gloves. And then he would also be irritated if you memorized him and put on gloves first. He hated that. Yep. He enjoys telling you to do it. He's a yep. sadist. Yep. All right? Which is also why stop telling incels to go to sex workers. They're sadists. All right? Mm-hmm. Tangent, tangent, tangent. But fucking... But then this same motherfucker that was so obsessed with having gloves on to get his fucking shitty slop of sweet potatoes on the plastic plate, when he finished with his shit at his table... It was, it looked like an episode of Hoarders. It was fucking ridiculous on that table. Mm. We have, like, I'm pretty sure that he just kind of put the food in his mouth, enjoyed the taste, and let it go. Like, it's like he he was bulimic, but didn't want to do all the steps. All right? Like, that's what this nigga brought to the table, literally. (laughs) All right? (laughs) And then uh, another ass face. Oh, so many of the bad customers are men. Aren't you surprised by that? Um... One of them in drive-thru. I actually made him quit being a customer, all right? Because uh, y'all folks hear how I talk on the podcast. So you can tell that I like to do a little bit of freestyle rap, but I can go really fast and enunciate quite well while I'm doing it, all right? But um, And he was obsessed with using drive-thru, ordering a very large meal for his family, desserts, extra sides, extra corn muffins, the whole business. And then 
when you're like, all right, you can pull it out to the window. He's like, no, read that back to me. <laughs> and his sadistic ass would revel in the fact that, you you know, folks are struggling, going through the whole thing. Like, okay, you got the, oh, and you got the two liter and, you know. But then I come in, I flip it how I flip it, and in under a fortnight, he was no longer a customer. I don't mean he was no longer a regular three times a week average. He was no longer a customer. I don't know if he went to a different Boston market, but on East Colonial Drive and Bennett Road, yeah, I name names. He did not bring that ass there anymore, <laughs> punk ass. I hope he hears the podcast. Come to Michigan <laughs> and catch my fave, boy. All right, um... And, oh, man, I had... Okay, I'll, I'll give you a good customer. This was a fun one. And I'm going to use the P word. I know, folks, I don't, I don't like using kind of those kind of words for genitals, but I have to quote this old white woman who brought joy to my life. Um, I, uh, I transferred to another Boston market. I got transferred, okay? And the reason why I got, was I got transferred was because I supported a woman that was making a sexual harassment report. So they, it was the recession, and they transferred me to a store that was supposed to close. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm at that store, and I'm working with somebody who self-identifies as a redneck. I can't remember her name, right? And we're busting the shift, and I'm, I'm picking up my tips as I do because I wasn't cutting my hair yet. I needed tips for haircuts very badly. Mm-hmm. So I got haircuts and reefer and cigarettes with my tips. And, uh, and I'm clearing up, you know, the old ladies are bouncing. They're all handing me $5 bills and leaving the table. And then one of them stops and leans in. And she's like, you're a very nice young man. That white girl over there acts like she's got a pussy on her face. <laughs> what? Which is, I've never heard this one before. And I never heard it after that. I've never heard that misogyny before. On her face. And it's not like she said her pussy on her face. <laughs> just a pussy on her face. Like, like she just went and grabbed anyone. Like, she doesn't really have any pussy restraint. So, wait, is she saying that, like, this person is a lesbian or that she just works part-time in, like, a detachable pussy store? I think she was saying, like, she acts like like a B-word. Is that what that, I don't even that, know. That B-word? This is one that grew up think, in Florida. I wouldn't say that to someone that I like. Like, that sounds like you'd say something about someone. I don't know. It just sounds mean. It doesn't make sense, but it sounds mean. I'm sure it's misogynistic. It has which, to be misogynistic. Also, that has to speak to male privilege, right? Because this was one of those white people, like, she's older than boomers. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And she was happily speaking to the black man in that way about another white person. Yeah. And it's like, so that had to be some misogynistic shit. I just, I want somebody of that age group who's still alive from the South to explain that one. What is that? What is acting like you have a pussy on your face? I don't even know. That's wild. I don't know. But yeah, folks, like the food service shit It's shit, and the customers are a big part of it, including the customers that think they're good. Please don't come in making jokes. We don't want to joke with you. Also, you're so not funny. You're not trust. Like, your friends and family think you're funny because you have inside jokes that you have developed over the years, Mm -hmm. right? and, And, like... Maybe you're a manager somewhere. Your employees also don't actually think you're funny. You're their boss. Mm -hmm. Please don't make jokes. 
it's really bad, and I'm sure you can tell we're fake laughing. But also, that that joking, that's excess chatter. There's a line of people behind you that want to get their shit. They have lives to live too. They don't need to all be behind your ass while you work on your fucking carrot top routine. Cut it the fuck out. I wish cancel culture was real so we could cancel chatty customers. <laughs> Fuck. Are there comments oh, in the comment yeah, section? We should be comments. reading. Yeah, Theo says that he would rather sell drugs than go back to customer service. And then it makes him feel like a house nigga. Tally, responding to you about Little Caesars, wants to make a shirt that says Thin Crust Elites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're having fun in there. Um... Yeah, no, customers are, like, so fucking shitty all the time. It's really awful. And it just, I, and I think that, like, what sort of baffles me is, like, the, there's still uh, so much, like, social cognitive dissonance because we've now accepted socially the Karen, right? Yeah. We've accepted the Karen, but we haven't accepted why people don't want to go back to customer service jobs because they're full of Karens. The customers are Karens. Nobody wants that. And I really do think that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough when we talk about service stuff, um... Because bad customers are kind of always, uh, like, referred about in an isolated sort of way. That it's like, oh, it was this one bad customer. But it's like, no, it was this bad customer on this one shift. And I had five other tables while I'm trying to deal with this. And if I take too much time dealing with this, I'm not getting a tip from these five other tables. There's more people after them. There's a line. The people who get here after this asshole is gone are going to be mad because they had to wait in line. The kitchen's being slow. So it's, you know, it, it really calling it like um, like a rude customer or a shitty customer is sort of almost like disingenuous or doesn't really give the full context of the situation because it's like one bad customer in the midst of 5,000 other things happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, we're almost out of potatoes. We have to get more potatoes. Holy shit, there's no salad. Someone has to fill the salad bar. Holy shit, we're out of coffee. Someone has, you can't make coffee. You got to stop and deal with this asshole customer. Okay, now I got to make coffee. Oh, no, the host is gone. Someone's got to cash this person out. Holy crap, new table. If we get docked if they don't get their uh, glasses of water in 60 seconds. Like, yeah. and I got to stop and deal with this asshole. <laughs> yep. And I'm still stopping to deal with this asshole. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, so don't do that. Don't be the chatty, jokey customer, right? And like, and and one thing you may notice, you may be like, oh, but the 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 person they start chatting with me first. They ask me how my day was going, or if I'm going golfing in this weather. That's because they're conditioned to do that. They think they have to because they think that's what you want, or you'll complain and get them fired. Mm-hmm. How about you just complete your fucking transaction? and go home and eat your shitty microwaved food. I microwaved it, you fuck. Let me tell you something else about Boston Market on on Colonial Drive and Bennett Road, all right? If you were eating there between 2005, dear friend, and 2000, um, uh, I think I transferred out in 2008. Yeah, after the 2007 uh, Thanksgiving. 2005 to 2008, if you were like one of the first two hours of customers... You got yesterday's chicken reheated, and some. And after we got microwaves, best believe I was Mikey waving that shit right there, partner chief. Yeah. All right, because the sh- fuck you. That's why, really. Fuck you, fuck and, you and, and, and it's capitalism. Like, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like the shit I've seen happen in kitchens that customers don't even know about. Yeah, Ooh. we're not defiling the food. It just ain't the quality you think it is. Yeah, like I'm like I'm not trying to like 
put your food on my genitals and do weird shit. I'm very black and I don't do weird shit like that. All right, but like... Oh, yeah, but if it falls on the floor during a rush, it fell on the floor and it's just going back on your plate because I don't have time. Yeah. Or the nigga that, um, uh, if, if you were that, that little weirdo muscular white man that came in every day and, uh, and ordered double steamed vegetables every time and you said, uh, and you wanted fresh steamed vegetables, understand this. I would actually go to where I did over prep and get the vegetables that were just now expiring. And then I would mix those with the vegetables I took off the line, microwave them together, and then throw extra salt and pepper on it because I want you to eat extra salt because fuck you and slap it on there. And the, when I told him it was my last day before I went and, and left to Illinois to marry Phoenix Kalita, he gave me a $50 tip for 12 years of giving him shitty, fucked up, expired vegetables. He liked it. He loved it. Oh, (laughs) you loved it. it. If you were the guy that was eating at Colonial Drive and Bennett Road regularly, (laughs) getting the double steamed vegetables, and your wife also got double steamed vegetables, yeah. Thanks for the 50. You know what's funny is, like, customers, they used to ask for, like, extra cheese or extra sauce. Like, I would just do so much just because, like, oh, why? The pizza's ready. It's hot and ready. And then (laughs) (laughs) the other, well, like, I think a month ago or two months ago, we got a pizza and we asked for extra cheese. And there was, like, so much cheese (laughs) that it was disgusting. And I was like, I know exactly why they did that, too, because I used to do that. (laughs) (laughs) They were just not feeling it. They were not. Uh, Theo says that he worked at Popeye's and since then has not eaten chicken. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine. I remember one of my favorite crips. He actually uh, was working at a uh, chicken joint, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. Yeah, I have favorite crips. Uh, <laughs> and I usually don't like the 21st Street guys, but he was a, he was a decent guy. And uh, he he was so excited to have a job. He came back to the hood like, this shit is easy, cuz. Nigga, all you gonna do is you put the chicken on the thing and you dump it down, boom, and you cut it. And I was like, that's on the set, nigga. I was back there walking it up. He got fired, but nigga, he was in the I'm pretty sure it was because of the boss, too. Hmm? The boss, huh? The boss? That fired him? Uh, probably. He, I would understand firing that young man. He, them 21st Street, they were some very uncouth crips. Like, <laughs> they were definitely post-crack era crips. Oh. Like, they were, and, um, yeah, another one, I remember uh, my, my nigga Lil Vizna, he got a job at uh, Burger King, and he got fired because he kept singing Nationwide Rip Riders lyrics to customers in the drive through headset. Oh, no. So you pull up to Burger King, and all you're hearing is, don't panic this Atlanta, put my strap in your mouth. I empty clips on that ass for the motherfucking South. Lippin', slippin', city dippin', that's the way that we crippin'. It's like, you can't, you can't do that, V. Not at work. Not at work. He got a check, so it's all good. Yeah, he he was an outstanding crib. Oh, he was one of them uh, Cambodian cribs. He was they, mm. they they went hard. Yeah, and Tally says I got in trouble in a Boston market for washing my hands too much. What? Sounds like freedom. Oh God. Sounds what? like a lot of freedom. What? Uh Theo Loco in the archive chat space says why? I can't uh, see it as well as you can. Oh yeah. Um, I got, I put a ribeye, uh, I put a ribeye out the trash on someone's plate. My manager told me some shit about a food cost and told me to put that steak on a plate. So yeah, your manager will tell you to take a steak out of the trash and put it on a plate. Oh yeah. Joe Finazzo. Yeah. I say names. Uh, Joe Finazzo. (laughs) 
That motherfucker was trying to rinse off the plastic reuse plates from the tables. Oh, God. And put them back into rotation. And Joe Finazzo, that's the same one that um got hired to the company. I think it was out there in Kissimmee. And in one week, he got two sexual harassments. And then when Rhonda Sweet got promoted up to uh, area manager, uh, they promoted him to general manager from assistant with two sexual harassments. And then his first week at the Colonial Drive location, Boston Market, he got two more sexual harassments that week. And then later on, like, we basically lost a gang of regular women customers from day shift, like, within a couple months. Because he was just harassing all of the customers. Gee, I don't know why so many women say that sexual harassment is such a prevalent prom- pro- uh, problem in the food service industry. And I say again, Joe Finazzo, F-I-N-A-Z-Z-O. Uh, Joe Finazzo, one of his moves was um, he'd see a woman almost done eating. And so he would literally, this is what he thought was slick. Oh, no. He would go stand and lean up against the garbage can waiting for them to throw their empty plate away. And then um, one black woman called corporate on him because she was working at the Bank of America down the street where I, I inadvertently took a hilarious debit card picture. It was really bad because I'm, I'm a very dark-skinned black man. It was a very sweaty day, and I didn't have my glasses. <laughs> it was a really bad picture. And uh, she was working there, and fucking she ordered her food, and he put a, a, a I forgot, a cookie or a brownie in her bag, one, one of those desserts, and put a note on it, sweet chocolate, just like you. Ew. Yeah. And like, um, I think her name was Jackie Brockington, if I remember right. Uh, another black woman. She was working with Central Florida News 13. Mm-hmm. And she was one of our regulars as well. Ooh, I that, know who you're talking about. Yeah, I would see her on the news. I thought that was so cool. It's like, oh, Jackie Brockington is eating my sandwiches. Make this one extra sandwichy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he made her go away as well. Damn. What? <laughs> And then, like, they didn't fire him until he got caught up in a scandal of stealing money from the safe and registers. Well, because then he was doing something that mattered. That, yep. that type of uh, crime matters. Yeah. And he was running out of dish soap, so he was buying powdered laundry soap and keeping it in the back of the store. That was when they transferred me back to that store. Because I originally got transferred out. Remember I said before I got transferred out because I supported Homegirl on the sexual harassment joint. And then I kind of bounced around a bit and they transferred me back there after that. And we basically had to just de that store. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, in the chat space they're talking about... um places they've worked where there's been like extra food and instead of being able to give it to hungry or homeless folks they were required to throw it away both Theo and Tally and yeah that's something we've seen I knew someone who actually got fired um from I think it was a either a Walgreens or a CVS because when they threw the milk out they didn't like pour it out they just left the full jug so people would just go take them Okay, that, you know, why not? That's how, okay, this ain't even a tangent. It's on topic. Joe Finazzo again. Damn. Like, uh, yeah, because, you know, like you throw out the excess food and then you know that, you know, the unhoused niggas are going to go in the dumpster and get a little whoop whop out. And uh, so he would deliberately um, take the raw chicken blood from the prep and throw it on top of that. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. Finazzo was fucked up. He was fucked up. Um, but that really does, like, speak to it, though, right? Because so many of these people are so, um, like, just so on brand, I guess, with that shit. Because they're never just misogynists or just racist, you know what I mean? Mm. It's always something else. 
Like, I'm sure if you keep pushing, he's homophobic too. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. of course, the guy who's harassing every woman at the job is also pouring chicken blood on perfectly good food so that hungry people can't have it for free. Oh, of yeah. Of course he is. Like, so, like, by the time I transferred out, we literally had about, like, seven employees total. And when I say seven employees, I'm including managers. Damn. Like, there was, like, fucking nobody. Like, everybody quit and no one knew would stay. Like, he just ran that shit into the fucking floor. And then, like, after we're gone for a while and, like, the company is trying to help him because he's a white man. Like, they got to swoop in. Like, you're a white man, you get white man welfare. So they're trying to help him. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, we went back, like, just passing through, like, passing through that side of town. Like, oh, what's cracking at the old Boston Market? And um, at this time, Boston Market has their uniform is blue jeans and one of four T-shirts, an orange T-shirt with the MTV Moon Man on it for some reason, mm-hmm. um, a dark red T-shirt that says Bossed Clothing as if it's some hot shit, Ugh. a gray shirt that um, has images of uh, women on uh, like surfboards or something, mm-hmm. and then a white shirt that is thin as all hell and says cruising and has a picture of a car, and he just had all, like, 19-year-old white girls, and apparently he only ordered the cruising shirts. Of course he did. Don't know how he couldn't order any other ones. Nothing but cruising shirts. Of course. <laughs> Fucking ill. All right. Um, we have more shit uh, if there are more comments coming uh, up. Theo said he's got to go back to work. Be safe, Theo. Also, let us know how you're doing. Um, are you okay with the weather and everything? And Ida, I know you're in Texas, and that's not that far. Hmm. Let us know. Word life. All right, I've got some uh, some shite, as it were. <clears throat> okay. All right, here's the fun stuff. So uh, this is uh, NPS.gov, all right? And um, now they claim that there could be a sea level rise impact on D.C. parks. Let's get a little information here. They have a bullet list and they have some paragraphs around it. So sea level rise is occurring on a global scale as a result of many climate change induced factors and slapping my microphone stand. It is impacting the 111 National Park Service sites nationwide. In the national capital region, sea level rise is occurring at a particularly rapid rate because the land bordering the uh, Potomac, to- Potomac and uh, Anacostia rivers is simultaneously sinking as the water levels rise. Oh, good. That doesn't seem like anything to worry about. Bullets. <laughs> Thermal expansion. As global temperatures rise, ocean water warms and expands, taking up more space as a result. Glacial melt. The melting of glaciers in polar ice caps increases the amount of liquid water flowing into the ocean. I don't know if you knew that, bootlickers, but when you melt the ice... It turns into liquid water. Ice is just when the water's hard. And you know how it's ice? Because it's cold enough to be ice. You know how to make it not ice anymore? Buying another fucking Hummer. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, there's more than that. 
There's also <laughs> those troops you support. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, taking a look at this paragraph here, uh, global sea level was steady uh, for the last two millennia, but it is now rising at a rate faster than it has in the last 6,000 years. As of December 2019, the sea level in D.C. is projected to increase by about two to six fucking feet uh, by the end of the century. Even if the sea level only rises two feet, communities and national parks will be forced to adapt or relocate. In fact, the NPS.gov has already had to relocate a historic lighthouse in Cape Hatteras. Although those numbers sound small, these rising sea levels are already causing flooding and impacting coastlines and ecosystems. Uh, Three-point bullet list, and I'll move on from here unless Phoenix Kalita wants to take a little bit more look at this. Excuse me. <clears throat> Three bullets, extreme storms. When sea levels rise, water fills into lower elevation areas and storm surges become more powerful and can devastate entire coasts. Remember when weirdos like William were talking about, hey, hey, extreme heat, extreme weather conditions, extreme weather conditions, extreme storms. Here we are, 2021, extreme storms. Uh, taking a look here, same bullet. Uh, sea level rise and more extreme precipitation events will contribute to an increase in the frequency and severity of flooding events. Hey! Bullet number two of three. Harm to ecosystems. Some of you say ecosystems. You're better than me. Rising sea levels can worsen erosion. 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 Just a reminder of what the fuck erosion is. That is when water, wind, other such things that move stuff, they take something that is be big and they turn it small. It is be tall and they turn it short. It eroded away. That's bad. We shouldn't be doing that at this rate. It's not occurring naturally. It's occurring profit motivatively. <clears throat> Excuse me. It can worsen erosion, permanently inundate wetlands, and destroy a habitat for diverse wildlife and plants. Wildlife. Wildlife. You know what wildlife does? You know what plants do? Those two work together, and they fuck around and pollinate. And then we inhale that oxygen from the photosynthesis, and we find out that we enjoy that capitalists don't like that they fuck it up with their uh, sea level rise from climate change bullet point three of three flooding infrastructure <laughs> higher sea levels pose a major risk to communities and parks on the coast uh, gravely point that is a popular place to watch airplanes land <sighs> all right uh, land and take off over the oh, Potomac. God. It, what up? I'm looking at the, because the, um, the captions are automatic. Yeah. And every time you say high sea level rise, it's the word high, the letter C, and then rise. It's not even reading sea rise as like S-E-A-C rise. It's oh. literally the letter C. No, I'm not talking about juice boxes of a product that you probably shouldn't drink. No. I'm that's just soda without fizz, right? Yeah. 
Thanks. That's like sugar water. Yeah, it's just straight <laughs> sugar and like food coloring. Like, <laughs> Uh, flooding infrastructure. All right. So it uh, poses a major risk to communities on the Park Coast. Gravely Point, popular place to watch airplanes take off and uh, land and take off over to Potomac. And it is projected to be entirely underwater with only small rises in sea level. Even if areas elevated enough to remain above rising water levels, increased flooding means infrastructure, i.e. bridges, walkways, parking lots, etc. will have to be rebuilt in order to maintain access to important cultural and recreational resources. I disagree. Recreation is not important. Oxygen is important. Food is important. Nigga, and the earth make makes both of them for fucking free. Mm-hmm. I'm yelling. I'm but oh, but I don't got no neighbors no more. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, interesting to see how they were gonna if they were gonna mention that because this is on the Potomac. And yeah, they did that. This is about cultural significance and shit. No, 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 no. So they're literally arguing to fight sea level rise so we can keep having fun. Fun well, is the this problem. Is, this is patriotic fun, you see. Patriotic fun. Yes. God damn it, that's worse than fun for Jesus. Aren't those kind of the same thing at this point? Dot com. I don't know. It's turned into a really bad OnlyFans page. Patriotic <laughs> fun for Jesus. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. What y'all think about paying rent? Uh, I think landlords are leeches. I think that. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're just some sort of nefarious Jew that hates the white man. Yes. <laughs> I think it's bad that you can never get anything like back from it. You just keep paying rent and rent mm-hmm. and rent, and then you eventually have to move into something else, and you never get any interest back. Mm-hmm. Mm. She said get, can't get any interest back. The gains are infinitesimal, as she would say. Yes. From her vocabulary words this month. Uh, Excuse me. So, apparently, there's a place called Miami Valley that is not in fucking Florida. Because Europeans keep naming everything the same five fucking names. So, in Ohio, there's an area called Miami Valley. Mm -hmm. And according to the folks down there at National Petroleum Rate, National Public Radio... Uh, more than 7 million Americans are behind on rent. No, more than, ooh. I don't know how many land leeches it takes to get 7 million renters. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? One land leech is more than enough. Land leeches are behind on collecting other people's money. Yep. Um, and an eviction moratorium has now expired. That was on August 26th where the Supreme Court decided that the moratorium temporarily established by the CDC in September of 2020 should expire. However, in the Miami Valley, in Ohio, uh, the president of the Greater Dayton Apartment Association says there's no sign that thousands will be flooding the streets. <laughs> okay. No, there's no sign. Why, why would they put up a sign? <laughs> Like, they'll have signs on the side of the road, but you don't put up a sign to announce that we'll be flooding the streets. Exactly. Um, and we have a quote from uh, Lloyd Cobble, and Lloyd is trying to tell us, uh, we don't expect to see an onslaught of evictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cobble continues to say that most landlords that he speaks to are patient 
and are willing to work with tenants if they know that the tenant is making an effort to get rental assistance. It's so, not there. Yeah. But, but, so we're supposed to base how many fucking people are they talking about for this? Does it say how many people? Thousands? Uh, they're saying about, 7 million Americans. But in their little... So thousands of people potentially in their little thing. So we should trust the fate of housing of thousands of people on some guy's vibe that he just thinks landlords are patient? Exactly. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. And also Tally in the comments said, come through, niece. We don't get shit for decades of forking over rent to assholes. No, we don't. Yeah, and we fucking exactly. should. But, I mean, really think about it like, yes, the landlords, they are patients. Because with your money, they can afford health care. They can. So they definitely are someone's patient. Ugh. But you're not. Ha <laughs> ha. You die. You die. <clears throat> Excuse me. This show is dark. Mm. Uh, the, um... So, da 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 ba boop ba 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 bow A quote coming from Lloyd Cobble. The ones that really need to move forward with evictions are the ones who haven't made an effort or aren't able to get assistance, end uh-huh. quote. Haven't made an effort. So how do they get the apartment? Haven't made an effort or aren't able to get assistance. So you could have made the effort to get the assistance and just gotten denied. Yeah. So how about you just say fuck them all? Like, that's a roundabout way to just say fuck them all. Hmm. Just say that. You lying piece of shit. Yeah. Nigga, I want to fight you. Lloyd, let's fight. You want to fight everybody. No, not everybody. Really? Everybody? I get my ass kicked. I cannot scrap with everybody. Hmm. I'm not even really in shape. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and when I say not in shape, like, I'm actually losing weight. And, like, losing muscle with it. It's not like I'm losing weight and it's like, oh, watch out, I'm a mannequin now. No, like, my musculature, musculature, is shrinkage. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So, the federal government, they done gone and provided more than $75 billion nationwide for renters and landlord assistance. They don't need assistance. Other people's money has been assisting them the entire time they've been a land leech. Mm-hmm. They need nothing. You know what they need? Land leeches need to get fucking jobs. Put <laughs> your lazy ass up and work, you piece of shit. Uh, doop skip bop Or it should be something where people actually get something out of it. Like, why can't people get their money back? Or at least a percentage of it? Because it yeah. makes sense. It should yeah. be, like, required that if you do um, rentals, you should have to do, like, rent-to-own or something. Yeah. yeah. So you can't keep it forever. And yeah. it has to go to someone else at some point. Yeah, but then also, like, if someone, um, like, if, if someone pays an amount, like, they're doing rent-to-own and it's a $150,000 house, mm-hmm. and they got, like, $80,000 into it, but then they leave, the landlord doesn't get that. Yeah. Right, and but also, and I know there there are some people who are like, well, you can't just give it to a give it to the government. No, they just hold it. They don't use it. They don't reallocate it. Can't mm-hmm. reallocate it to the police fund, to the fire department fund, to the, to the recreation fund, or any of that business. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say this, right? I'm coming up with bullshit with legislation right off the top of my head here, right? Yeah. Um, let's say so you abandon that, right? Well, we'll call it uh, abandoning the transaction, uh-huh. and you're eighty thousand in, mm-hmm. right? Something happened with your family. Whoop whoop whoop. You get sixty percent back. Yeah. And forty percent goes on still. But the 40% is uh, 
it's just held by the city. And now the next person that comes to buy it, hey, 40% is already covered. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, 40% yeah. of the 80, 80,000. Yeah. I was actually thinking about like putting it directly towards like community shit. Instead of defunding police, like put it literally into community centers and schools and stuff. And put the payments on the house back down to zero? Yeah. Okay, and then just start it the fuck over? Yeah. If it's a new family, yeah. All right, but then um then uh how uh, a percentage of that funding needs to go to upkeeping that place though. That's true. Cuz if no one owns it, like who's going to upkeep it? Right. Yeah, so the city has to upkeep it. I can see that. Cuz right now, I can tell you by my own experience, landlords land leeches do not upkeep shit. Mm. They don't. All right? As soon as we got here, I have a hole in the ceiling shoveling shit from the basement and one of the toilets is it just isn't a toilet anymore. It's a it's a shitty decoration in the bathroom right now. All right, it's real deal. We showed up to a dying apple tree. We did. Like as soon as we found out it was an apple tree, we found out it was a dying apple tree. <laughs> and Tally said, "But then who will suffer?" But then whomst will suffer? Sadist. And if anything, it's their turn. It is their turn. God damn! Everyone learn to they better learn to be masochists real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, besta, if you will. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, continuing quotes from uh, Lloyd Cobble. In June, there was only $3 billion of that money that had been distributed. So landlords have been very patient, but we're just anxious to come up with a better solution that helps the renters get out of this debt and helps everyone. Wait a minute. In June, there was only $3 billion of that money that had been distributed, so landlords have been very patient. Wasn't there a moratorium? They weren't being patient. They were being forced to follow federal guidelines. Exactly. Yeah. What the fuck do you mean they were being patient? I know. It's kind of like when Alan West said um, she was forced out of that vehicle. She got out of that vehicle voluntarily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And um, <coughs> excuse me. And the mayor of uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, Nan Whaley, uh, said in a statement, quote, I am extremely discouraged that the Supreme Court has struck down a new eviction moratorium. Just as COVID-19 is once again surging across this country, I'm grateful to our local partners who have worked so hard to prevent evictions over the last 18 months, including Dayton Municipal Court. Countless nonprofit agencies and landlords who have been willing to be patient and work with their tenants. Over the next few days, we will work with these partners to determine the best path forward to keep as many people as possible in their homes. End quote. And to wrap up this here article, coming off of WDTN.com local news uh, for Miami Valley, Ohio. Uh, Closing out the article, uh, uh, Lloyd Cobble says the eviction uh, moratorium was hardest on independent landlords, but many... uh, See, now, the bootlickers always tell me that the landlords (laughs) take a risk. Mm -hmm. All right, nigga, when you take a risk, sometimes you fail. Why won't you let them fail? Why is it only landlords and, like, huge corporations? Yeah. Like, where is this? I always hear any time we talk about economic success... But small businesses, the mom and pop stores. When is the last time a mom and pop store got this kind of love? Uh, 
I, I couldn't come up with a joke fast enough. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, the uh, hardest hit on independent landlords, but many are still willing to be patient and help people stay in a hose. Oh, excuse me. And then here's this bullshit. Quote, here, here's the big lie. Here, here it is. Eviction is the last resort. No, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely not. He continues to lie. Most landlords are, wor- are, are working with their residents to try to come up with a solution. End quote. What solution? To pay you the money they don't have? Exactly. The money isn't, co- it doesn't exist, nigga. It's not real. Y'all are talking about solutions with imaginary fucking money. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck does it come from? Cobble? Stupid fuck? I'm, I'm, I swear to fuck. If I if I know that I'm about to die soon, I'm punching a white man in the face, even if he doesn't have it coming. He'd be like, this is for everybody that looks like you. Uh, the, uh, for more information from the Community Action Partnership on financial assistance for renters and landlords, uh, you can click here, which I probably totally should not have read that part. That is not part of the article. Nope. And I clicked here, and they really don't have much there for you. They have rent assistance, utility assistance, and legal clinic. And you can apply now, and I'm sure they'll get back to you in a manner that is not in the slightest bit timely. Hmm. Uh, were you antsy you had something to cover? Oh, I have a few things to cover. Oh, oh, I thought you were popping at something right now. Oh, no. All right. And I think I will actually move right past um, this other article I had on landlords uh, because... Folks know what we think about that for now. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go ahead and uh, and bumper us in, right? Folks want to take a breather, take a second, right? Gather can we, up. Can we take a break? Oh, like a fall? Like how many minutes you need? Like 10. You need a 10-minute break. Yes. The leader needs a 10-minute break, folks. Yes. All right, 10-minute break. Facebook Live stays on. All right. Uh, let's see what old feller guy got here. Come on. I ain't be got shit. With Doc. Yeah, no. Hey, gang. Do you want to handle your internalized misogyny without dealing with that pesky feminism, social change, or honest introspection? Damn, Damn right, right you do. do. So wrap your flappy mansplainers around a frosty bottle of diet misogyny. That's, That's right. right. Diet misogyny. It tastes just like regular misogyny with only half the shamanism. With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concerns. Diet misogyny tastes just like a regular misogyny. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. That's awfully racist, isn't it? Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion. I'm just pro-restrictions. Diet misogyny tastes just like regular misogyny. How do you feel? I feel... I feel amazing. Is this how men feel? All the time! Even the ugly ones! Say it loud! time for Rodney King. <laughs> Say it loud! <laughs> oh, I'm 
With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concern. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. Man, that's racism. Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion, I'm just pro-restrictions. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. Diet misogyny tastes just like a regular misogyny. At least since the invention of the wheel, people have fixed, tinkered with, and improved every device they've possessed. It's been a human right. But after several thousand years, suddenly legal clauses are being tucked in purchase agreements saying that today's owners of products must not even peek, much less poke inside the inner workings of our devices. Makers of anything with a computer chip in it, everything from your car to your toothbrush, have been especially vehement about this, rewriting human nature by outlawing our right to repair. Yes, they assert, you own the thing, but we own the intangible ideas that make it work. So if the product malfunctions, you must return it to us and pay us a premium to repair it. Plus, they prattle, you could hurt yourself trying to do it yourself, so trust us. Bovine excrement, barks Steve Wozniak. Companies inhibit your rights so they can have power, control over everything. Is he some consumer radical? No, Wozniak is the co-founder of Apple, the multi-billion dollar global Goliath that is the world's biggest producer of consumer electronics. He's appalled that Apple has now become a fierce opponent of self-repair. He says, we wouldn't have had an Apple, except that early innovators like him grew up in a very open technology world. From the start, he points out, openness helps spread innovation and consumer demand. So, why stop the self-repair community, he asks? Two big reasons. Besides letting corporations lock in monopoly profits from the repair industry, it also dissuades customers from bothering with repairs. Just throw the thing away and buy a new one. This is Jim Hightower saying, if you wonder where such massive, deadly levels of pollution by lead, mercury, plastic, etc. come from, look to the gross throwaway ethic of big tech profiteers like Apple. The Hightower Radio Lowdown is made possible by you lowdowners who subscribe to our monthly newsletter, The Hightower Lowdown. You know who you are. Thank you. It's Thursday, August 26, 2021. This is going to be the last chance for a decade, probably, for anything big at the federal level to happen. So the stakes are enormous. Crunch time for climate action as House Democrats advance budget reconciliation blueprint. More than 220 people were killed 
and dozens of buildings were destroyed in what's being described as a once-in-400-year event. Yes, man-made global warming made Europe's catastrophic flooding much more catastrophic. Plus, good news for breathers in Louisiana. Officials put brakes on construction of massive plastic factory. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. There's also funding for electric school buses. And to make it even more environmentally friendly, the bullies will shoot spitballs at you with paper straws. (laughs) Well, that seems right. This is your Green News Report. And the wedgies will be gluten-free. Okay, Tizzy Doyen, crunch time indeed as we get closer and closer to this massive infrastructure package, which, yeah, I think it's going to pass. Well, we shall see. House Democrats this week narrowly approved that $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation blueprint, the next step in the arduous process of advancing President Biden's ambitious agenda to expand the social safety net and climate action. Well, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I just said... It's going to pass. The smaller bipartisan infrastructure bill will get a House vote by late September. But now the House must write the budget legislation, which Senate Democrats can pass with a simple majority vote. That means that it really is crunch time for climate. That's according to energy journalist David Roberts of the Volt newsletter on a recent broadcast. Roberts says that public pressure can ensure the inclusion of two key proposals to clean up the electric grid, a national clean electricity standard and clean energy tax credits that energy analysts say will accelerate decarbonization in transportation and buildings. If you move the other two big chunks of emissions over onto the electricity grid, then you see, oh, having a clean electricity grid is the core strategy for decarbonization. This is the sector that's going to clean up all the other sectors. And it will be a very big deal when... And if this bill passes. In other news, an extreme event attribution study of the catastrophic European floods in July has concluded that, yes, man-made global warming boosted both the likelihood and the severity of the rains that caused the deadly flooding that killed at least 220 people in Germany and Belgium alone. Scientists at the World Weather Attribution Network found that the flood event was made up to nine times more likely than it would have been without man man-made climate change, one river basin might have seen a 1 in 15,000 year event. You know, it was an unbelievable flooding event, just wiped out really entire towns, and we've already moved on to the next disaster, the next dozen or so. Speaking of, here in the U.S., nine national forests have been closed due to wildfires in the exceptionally hot and dry West. Officials warn that California's monstrous Caldor Fire is on the verge of threatening the Lake Tahoe Basin. And in Minnesota, officials have ordered a temporary emergency closure of the popular Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. Mm. They're evacuating visitors due to three wildfires within its boundaries, fueled by heat, wind, and drought. In Minnesota. 
But some good news. The Interior Department has raised the pay of nearly all of the federal government's wildland firefighters to $15 an hour. The Federal Aviation Administration has announced $20 million in grants to help airports replace equipment to go from polluting and low-tech to zero-emissions vehicles and electrify equipment that currently relies on fossil fuels. And bonus, it will create construction jobs. More good news. President Biden has nominated Charles Sanders the third for director of the National Park Service. If confirmed, he will be the first Native American ever to lead the National Park Service. That is good news. And finally, in southern Louisiana, in a major win for environmental justice activists and members of the majority black community of St. James Parish, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has announced that a truly massive plastics manufacturing plant proposed by Taiwan-based giant Formosa Plastics Group must now undergo a full, formal environmental review. The decision deals a significant blow to the $10 billion project. Environmental groups say if built, the facility would double local toxic air pollution, release greenhouse gas emissions equivalent to three coal-fired power plants every year, and would rank among the largest pollution-generating plastics facilities on the planet. That is good news. Too much good news for the Green News Report. (laughs) Something must have gone wrong. We need to take some time off. For much more on all of those stories until we're back, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Man, I swear something's wrong. Quarantine camps. Something's wrong. Willy nilly nonsense. I don't I don't tell what Nancy Pelosi and her insurrectionist nonsense has to say. And microphones coming back into play. WineCellarMedia.com and other such things. Uh, Phoenix Kalita's on her way back to the uh, to the place where stuff is going on. All right. So, Michigan, I try to get on the local news where I is, B. And there's some interesting stuff going on here in Michigan. So, in uh, Boyne City, I don't know if that's Boyne, Boyne, Boyne? I think it's Boyne. Just just plain old Boyne. All right. Them Boynes around here. Drinking that ice cold beer. All right. So, so the police fellers, they say that there was a truck hauling beehives. That's not even the whole sentence. But apparently there are trucks that haul beehives. This is... Like um, if someone calls like an exterminator for a beehive? I've never heard of these trucks before. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I'm okay with saying I don't know when (laughs) I don't know. But they say that this here truck was hauling beehives around and it had a crash. Oh, And when this truck that was hauling beehives crashed, it overturned. And it was on northern, uh, on the northern Michigan roadway. And when it overturned, because it was hauling beehives... It unleashed a big swarm of bees. It overturned at about 2 p.m. on the past Wednesday 
and it I don't they shouldn't have went with this language but okay it dumped its load of, of bee boxes because bee boxes exist like bees were doing their thing before capitalists showed up now you put them in bee boxes and on trucks that crash uh, so it dumped its load of bee boxes along a uh, Charlevoix County Road, prompting the police fellers to urge residents to keep windows and doors closed. Really? No, that's anti-freedom. Hmm. That's it. That's, if you close your window, that's like putting a mask on your house. It's like putting a mask on your house. That's some bullshit. <laughs> so, the Charlevoix County Sheriff Charles Vondra said on Thursday that he was told that upwards of 50 million bees were in the truck's load of bee boxes when it crashed about 260 miles northwest of Detroit, or Detroit, if you will. Um, according to uh, Up North Live, which is the real name of a new... That sounds like a fucking New York rap group. Up North Live. Um, so according to that news uh, organization, when the truck crashed, millions of bees were swarming around the truck after it crashed. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, the beekeepers retrieved uh, the hive-filled boxes and loaded them onto trucks that hauled them away. But Vandra says several hundred thousand bees got left behind. Hmm. Keep to the code. Hmm. Code Jack. Left behind as if they're not like nature, like they're just not in nature. They're what? bees already. Because the cold game is because they're they're disconnected from the queen now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know the science behind that, but I think that makes them sad. Aww. Um, bees. And uh, that is uh, that's pure Michigan, buddy. All right. That's what's happening out here. Okay. I know Phoenix Cleeter was jazzed about that story. Yes. But Phoenix Leader's really jazzed about this story. I would be really jazzed if you would open this. You want me to open up your ed- your, your ed- ed- edifice? Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. know that word. Okay. <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> I should look up words before I say them. Because I wanted to say edibles, but I wanted to say it goofy. Uh-huh. And then I ended up saying a real word. Mm-hmm. Was that some literary shit? <laughs> no. No. What, does it mean like giraffe labia? Like, what is that? Giraffe labia. Giraffe labia. An edifice, ah, a building, especially a large, imposing one. Yeah, that's like a fancy way to say it has pretty architecture. All right, that's what I think. That's what I think it has. So, uh, headline? Oh, do I do that? the? Wait, we're doing that one already? Yes, ma'am. Oh, are we done? No. Oh, I thought we were saving that till the end. Oh no, I have a lot of attitude. Okay. Would you prefer to save it to the end? We don't have to. No. What do you think? What do you want to do? I mean, I think everything else I have is funny anyway, so... Oh, you have a lot of... Okay, I mean, funny lady. All right. So, uh, is this one where I do the headline, or do I get right the fuck to it? I mean, neither of us could make it past the headline the first time, so... All right. So these are real words that someone had to type. Like, somebody, like, as their childhood dream, they said, I want to work in journalism. I want to contribute to having a more informed populace. Yes. And one day they showed up to work and someone said, we have an assignment for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Now, you've been promoted to editor. You're such a damn good journalist. Yes. We need a headline for this story. Read this story and give us the right headline because we live in a world where people tend to not read past the headline. Mm -hmm. All right? So something needs to splash social media and get shared. Okay. So a security guard who shot a man. All right. That's mm-hmm. real. Sometimes sometimes security's armed. They do, yeah. And sometimes they pull that heat. They do. And they do everything in every gangster rap record to whoever they pull it on. Yes. They shot a man three times. Mm-hmm. Hey. They meant it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, if you think about it, it's actually the woke way to shoot someone. Right? Right eye, left eye, third eye. Three wow. times. Wow. Yeah. The eyes are the bullets to the soul. Maybe. Um, a security guard who shot a man three times acted in self-defense. Okay. Because the victim mm-hmm. wasn't wearing a COVID mask, That's lawyers Kind of legit. Now, the mugshot. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a screen share because there is a level of, yeah, I did that shit to this <laughs> mugshot. Matter of fact, I, ho- I hope that it shows up uh, nice and clear when I do the screen share, because uh, that, that that that's a that's a good one. I like how that brother's face shows up. Uh, let's uh, check my Facebook uh, liveness and see how that. Yeah, There's yeah. No remorse in his face. Like if like if I was an author that wrote fictional books mm-hmm. and I wanted to write a, and someone made a face like that in my book, would I say? He pursed his lips. Yes. That that is quite a pursing. It is a pursing. It's like it's like a master pursing. It's like a Percy Miller. Okay. Yeah. There's there's no limit to how he will record his lips pursing. Mm. All the '90s kids, you better get these No Limit Records references. <laughs> so, this article's up on August 26. A liquor store security guard was acting in self-defense when he shot a customer three times because the customer was quote putting others' lives at risk by not wearing a COVID mask, end quote. Is it security guard or do I say activist for the rest of the article? I don't know. Okay, yeah, we don't know where this is going, right? You watch him say some homophobic shit in the middle of it. Um, the guards, uh, and this is a, uh, a quote. The uh, No, that, the quote ended. The guard's private defense attorney said, uh, said this during a bond court uh, uh, hearing on Wednesday. The argument did not sway the Cook County judge, Mary Marubio. Okay. Uh, Quote, the victim fled the store, fell outside, followed by the defendant, who, according to surveillance video, shot a second time. (laughs) The defendant then paces back and forth and shot a third time. Well. How many fucking mask holes did this nigga come across before it had to go down? A few. God damn, Chester Holmes. How do I put money on your books? (laughs) Uh, Let me flip that screen share back as Phoenix Kalita is back at the center stage. It was just kind of an empty seat there. Oh. Uh, It's okay, partner. Uh, And so um, uh, the victim fell the store, uh, shot him a second time, uh, shot him the third time. And uh, Marubio said that before ordering the 42-year-old Chester Holmes, uh, he was held without bail. Bail. I said bail. 
the victim, uh, Holmes, who is barred from possessing a weapon oh. because he is a four-time convicted felon. Oh, no. no. Oh, gee, did you read this article? No, I told you. We said we weren't going to read it. Oh, Jesus. I'm not on this guy's side. Uh-huh. Holy shit. It took a turn. Yeah, so this cat is a straight-up uh, sex offender. Uh-huh. Um, and we did not apply a proper, because uh, ec- we have a trigger warning at the beginning of the show. Yes. But there was no trigger warning before this story, so no more detail beyond that. But this cat is a registered sex offender and was working as an armed security guard. Who- Wait, but who the fuck hired him yeah. as an armed security guard if he isn't allowed to have a gun? Don't you, yeah, they give you your social security, no- their social security yeah, number. Yeah, they have do to do a background, background check, check especially on? if you're armed. Yeah. Nigga. Uh, Holmes and the victim argued about the mask policy, and the the victim eventually left. But he then turned around and walked back in. Oh no! Oh! Yeah, so he that. went around and talked about. It. He went around and thought about it. Yeah. And he said, "I would like to both keep it real and fuck around." And now he's found out. He was definitely found. And he was found outside. And he was out when he was found. They they caught him outside. How about that? (laughs) That is something. You know, so, hey, when you think about it, anti-maskers are little bad babies, really. Just whining about things. These are facts. That was good how you did the two. I know, right? That was was good. I know. I'm I'm very surgical with the words. You can kind of feel how I'm a doctor on it. Wow. Watch out. Wow. Danger. (laughs) Danger. All right, Will Robinson, calm down. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yes, they they reiterate that the victim fell to the ground outside the store. Um, Holmes, whose defense attorney, uh, Jonathan Feldman, said, uh, quote, has a big heart and is a kind-hearted man. I believe it. The mugshot is not helping sell this. He was passionate about the mask rule. He was. He was very passionate He was about trying it. to keep people safe. Or maybe he was just that partisan. Maybe he really saw Obama as representation. I just want to know who the victim was. Like, when you saw his face, you still decided to come back in. Like, if I would not mess with him just by his mugshot. I'd be like, no. You know, it's not even worth no. it. Or also, just try following the damn rules. Y'all the motherfuckers <laughs> always talking about we're a nation of laws. <laughs> God damn, nigga. I wish I knew what Murphy's Law was so I could make a joke. Oh, it's uh, anything that can go wrong well. Ooh. Well. That sounds like Uncle Billy's Law. God, Jesus. <laughs> All right, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Uncle Billy's Law. <laughs> let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, uh, let's see. So, he has a big heart and is a kind-hearted man. He shot the man again, then paced around, shot him the third time. We know that part. The Chicago cops, I like that the journalist put that wording. Uh, can you let the cat in here? Uh, the Chicago cops heard the gunfire and responded quickly enough to see Holmes running away, uh, according to August. He ditched his gun and security vest. What in the what? fucking death row records? This sounds like how Mob James would fucking secure a liquor store. Oh, Jesus Christ, this really sounds like some Suge Knight shit. Like, ditched his... Where did you think you were gonna hide? They have your social security number and address, but he ditched them along the way. 
and later told the arresting officers where they could find them. Well, what a ditch job you did. Uh, Holmes also allegedly admitted to shooting the victim. I like you have to see that. That's a real sentence when it's Chicago police. It is, allegedly. Yeah. No. Like, ale- allegedly, he is the rabbit. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, nah, uh, we'll, we'll tell that story again if someone asks what yeah. that reference is. We've done that one like six times on this show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I say that after a thousand episodes. And so, um, a quote from uh, the attorney uh, Friedman. Uh, this is obviously going to be a self-defense case, <laughs> uh, said Friedman after uh, hearing the allegations. He called the circumstances, quote, basically a customer who is unruly, who wants to put others' lives at risk, end quote, by not wearing a COVID mask. Okay. Uh, Holmes, uh, Holmes and Friedman, argue, uh, he argued that, uh, quote, react in self, reacted in self-defense, end quote. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is really, this is one of those, like, straight reporting their ass off article. Like, everything you say, I just type in this article. Yep. Uh, like, you are not going to get promoted into the next step up in journalism. <clears throat> and uh, so, oh, God. All right, so they 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 reiterate also that the individual um is a sex offender. Wait a second, Augustine Holmes. Uh, he was convicted of uh, sexually assaulting a, a multiple people in 2003, and he has also served two prison terms for failing to follow sex offender registration requirements. Mm-mm. Damn. And a quote from the uh, sexual assaulter himself. That's not me. End quote. Jesus Christ. Uh, but they're saying that he was fully cooperative with police, um, uh, indicating that he had an innocent mindset with nothing to hide. After you ditch the vest and the gun and already have a record. Okay. So let's also shoot him three times. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, and I know someone's going to be like, I'm against capital punishment. Again, my I am ideologically against white ideas in general. What I'm talking about is killing someone who is a danger to others because it's the pragmatic thing to do. Have you heard of Occam's Razor? Is it O-C-C-O-M or O-C-C-U-M? A-M. O-C-C-A-M. I had both vowels wrong. (laughs) All right, Occam's Razor, following the most logical conclusion. The logical conclusion is you fucking kill them. All right? The Dakota tribe told us that. They did it right. They did not need Anglo-American jurisprudence. Fuck all that. We were prudent when we had you in the society, and now we're being prudent when removing you from being in any society, mm-hmm. anywhere. We don't even want you just roaming the plains by yourself, right? We don't want you around the animals or Nathan. There are more stories, and we should probably be reading them shits first. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, me too. Oh. Uh, me as well. <laughs> Right, it's awkward saying Me Too because misog- well, misogynists made there to be a need for a Me Too movement. So now it's like, no, like when I say Me Too, it feels like I'm appropriating every uh, time. Me Too isn't even for sexual harassment victims anyway, so. Not anymore. So mm. It was. You can't really appropriate something that, you know. Yeah, because they, they, they were reading the fine lines and had to tear out a few parts. All right, that's, that's not a good dad joke. 
Uh, <coughs> Yahoo News. Phoenix Fleeter, what is this? Uh, well, that, look at the headline. It tells you what it is. Oh, you you're not going to read it? Scroll and read. read it. Oh, okay, I'll read it. Oh, um, you're going to bring it off your smartphone. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Oh, yeah, because I thought you were going to read it. Um. Oh, should I? Oh, you don't have to. Is this the, is this the one I was supposed to anyway? No. So I remember mean, I suggested one in the beginning, didn't I? That last one. Oh, this one? The last one. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one went terribly. <laughs> I wouldn't say it went terribly, but... um. Yeah, so apparently uh, this is about some jackass uh, named Caleb Wallace, who was a Texas man who helped organize protests against pandemic restrictions. Uh, he was fighting for his life after being hospitalized for nearly a month with COVID-19. His wife, Jessica Wallace, wrote Wednesday uh, that she had a heartbreaking update about her husband, Caleb. She said, this is, when, this is last Wednesday, by the way. He's not doing good. It's not looking in our favor. His lungs are stiff due to the fibrosis. Oh, God, that sounds horrific. Oh, God. Yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about, and that sounds awful. Lungs are stiff, so they can't expand and contract. Yeah. Okay, so he has to have a ventilator and nothing's happening. Yep. All right. Uh, they called and said they run out of options for him and asked if I would consent to a do not resuscitate, and then it would be uh, up to us when to stop treatments. My heart can't. I can't imagine life without him. So this fucking genius, uh, Caleb Wallace, was a 30-year-old father of three, and his wife is pregnant. <laughs> and he was hosting anti-vax rallies and got COVID. Hmm. Oh, they have a link to his GoFundMe. Oh, and he's raised $70,000. Man, fuck these people. I think Honestly. that conservatives dying is the most pro-life thing they've ever done. It really is. Uh, in July, Caleb Wallace repeatedly helped organize the Freedom Rally, an event that billed itself as a protest against government being in control of our lives. He also founded the San Angelo Freedom Defenders, uh, which hosted a rally to end COVID tyranny. He wrote a letter in April to the San Angelo Independent School District and was published by a school, uh, published by a local news outlet, demanding schools, quote, rescind all COVID-related policies immediately. He claimed that wearing masks had harmful effects on children and there was little evidence masks work, works for anyone. Ah. This was April. July 26, he got symptoms of COVID. Uh, he began treating himself with vitamin C, zinc, aspirin, and ivermectin. Really? Okay. Well, what, what what's the ivermectin? That's that uh, horse dewormer shit that everyone's taking now. Oh, yeah. So all the conservatives are bojacking for some reason. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jessica Wallace told the Standard Times that she was, quote, less conservative than her husband and wears a mask. What the fuck for? Like, that's a stupid ass thing to say. I'm less conservative than him and I wear a mask, but y'all sleep together. <laughs> so, like, y'all live in the same house <laughs> if you're wearing a mask and he's not. I don't know what to tell you, but it's not going to work. Um, Caleb would tell me masks aren't going to save you, but he understood I wanted to wear them, that it gave me comfort. <laughs> All right. So that was uh, what was going on with Caleb. And then that was last Wednesday. Does anyone want to guess what the update is? It's going to make sense. 
It it's is going to make sense. Oh, he's out of the hospital and uh, doing gangster shit with his friends. He is out of the hospital. Oh, he's oh he's on the on, on, on the iPhone and he's making videos to upload. He These chicks are in there doing TikTok he's still dances. still anti-vax. Caleb has peacefully passed on. I'm here to tell you, oh. there's a group of elitists that run this nation, mm-hmm. a bunch of globalists yeah, yeah, that yeah, run yeah, the yeah. world, and their money runs it. And I'm going to tell you something, it is nothing more than a satanic death cult. Uh, and then his wife is lying in his obituary, apparently, <laughs> and says he was an imperfect man, but he loved his families and his and his family and his little girls more than anything. You wouldn't get vaccinated and wear a mask, though. You didn't love them that fucking right? much. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. Like, damn. You could have at least gotten, at least worn a fucking mask. You wouldn't even do that. You are the goddamn whitest person I've ever seen. Uh, And then they have in here uh, the San Angelo uh, video. Caleb Wallace, an organizer of the San Angelo Freedom Defenders, is leading a group to educate and empower citizens to make informed choices concerning local, statewide, and national policy. In the video, Wallace says his group is fed up with mandatory coronavirus precautions of what he described as being COVID-19 tyranny. His group organized for the rights of... (laughs) Oh, God. His group organized to fight for the rights of breathing free air. How's that breathing working for you, my nigger? Willy-nilly nonsense. Moving about freely. Yeah, from here to the morgue, I guess. (laughs) And going into businesses without being harassed. Well, you don't need to buy anything ever again, my friend. Exactly what he wanted. (laughs) So I just wanted to read that because I... I feel like we don't make fun of enough of these, and maybe I'm an asshole for making, I don't care. I'm gonna make fun of them, because mm-hmm. like this is someone who had the choice to get vaccinated, had the opportunity, chose not to, chose not to wear masks. And I, I'm not even kidding when I see, um, I see stories like this every single day on Twitter of anti-maskers dying. There was another one who was a talk show radio host in the UK who just died. Conservative. So I wonder what, how their supporters feel, because it's like, you're supporting this idea. Now the, he died from it. Like. Most of them won't even admit it. They're like, it was, well, they had, a, like, another, um, like, the, it was a comorbidity issue. Like, they had another health issue, or, you know. Um, like, as if most Americans don't. They don't, so care. they don't care. They don't be trying to make sense. Yeah, it's that, or it wasn't really COVID. The hospitals were, like, faking it to pump up their COVID numbers. Um, like I saw that it's like someone um, I think we covered on the podcast where someone's wife had a stroke and because her um, oxygen was so bad it like made her COVID symptoms so bad she couldn't breathe and her family's like but she had a stroke it has nothing to do with COVID and then she had a stroke because her oxygen was low because oh of COVID symptoms because she couldn't How breathe that's not- why she had the stroke <laughs> But yeah, they're like, no, it's nothing to do with COVID. That's just like the flu. She had a stroke. Like, you know, that type of shit. So I, I, I literally see it every day at this point. And it's kind of funny. I gotta say. Yeah. Like, they're pretty funny. Like on some level, like with what misinformation has done to like, even people I strongly disagree with, right? Like people that I really don't think should exist. Like I think their ideologies are so dangerous, but it's like. Now we have something where they're affecting everybody mm-hmm. and this white left and these white liberals can't wait to line up next to fascism and be and argue free 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 speech free speech free speech mm-hmm. never silence anyone never silence never silence and you've got what I mean we were talking about it in the car like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 5 decades of like a certain strain of propaganda yeah. right there's always been propaganda like 
my first thought on propaganda is always uh, minstrel shows about black people, mm -hmm. which was propaganda to show um, Europeans that have never seen American practices before, but mm -hmm. came over here like to visit or whatever. Yeah. And they would see the antebellum um, uh, chattel slave trade yeah. and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And that's why they started making minstrel shows was propaganda mm -hmm. to make it look lighthearted and fun what that yeah. slave trade was like. Yeah. And like that, so there's always been propaganda, but we are in a strain of a certain propaganda where um, I think part of it comes out of, uh, do you remember, you remember, have you ever read about or heard about libertarian Christianity? Um, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it came up like, um, well, back in the 1900s, folks, you see, um, <laughs> and then you want to go about a, a half a century back into that. And obviously yeah. from the South and Midwest, yeah. liber libertarian Christianity rose and prop and is basically um, fascist um, uh, the, the, the like ca capitalist. Yeah. yeah, fascist yeah. capitalist Christianity mm -hmm. where you're now tying Christianity to the profit motive. Yeah. Like in favor of the state for that reason. Mm -hmm. And they start, that propaganda goes to the pulpit and then obviously uh, groups like the John Birch Society come up where mm -hmm. they still have newsletters today that people like Sarah fucking Palin read yeah. or J Alex Jones recently said like shouted out the John Birch Society like by name uh, within the past fortnight of his uh, broadcast yeah. and that propaganda is moving forward Jerry Falwell and that 80s shit mm -hmm. you think the satanic panic came out of nowhere right, right? The uh, these people that call themselves the moral majority as it tends to go with a lot of groups I call them the vocal minority yeah. Yeah. There's but, uh, a group I forgot who they used to be, but now they're one of the um I think it's like what is it like NCOSE, they're um what National Center on Sexual Exploitation of Children or something. God, yeah. yeah I've seen like that. that but that I've always known them and like I've always known they're like religious grifters, but what I did not know is that they've been around since the eighties, but they rebranded under a different name. Like the name they have now is not but I forgot what it used to be. But it used to be something else, and when they got called out too much for it, basically for being on bullshit, they switched the name. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why it was better to, like, even though it was still the John Birch Society, um, uh, Seven, you may remember uh, when Obama got elected, these folks pop up calling themselves the Tea Party. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yes. was just John Birch Society. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep, that's all, that's all the fuck it was. And uh, now you have that propaganda moving forward. And then as, now we get into where anyone who's listened to the wine cellar in the past existence of the wine cellar. <laughs> now we get to the repeal of the fairness doctrine, baby. Right. And so much of this has now gone into the general populist psyche, along with Charles and David Koch. They actually went to um, MIT and learned to be engineers. But instead of being engineers that fix machine systems and factories, they decided to engineer society. Social engineering. Yep. And part of what they did was um, they would, uh, like, put money into colleges, and then the colleges are like, oh, then they do something in return, but everything's transactional with libertarians. Mm -hmm. And they put in professors like Walter Block... Yes. to teach libertarianism to students. So now it's in the church, it's in the politics, and it's in the fucking schools. And remember, folks, boomers were once young. Yeah. That's the crowd that heard most of this shit. Yeah. 
So like we're saying, okay, boomer, to some shit they said is because of propaganda that they've been fed. Remember, going into the 90s, people like my mother at the younger end of boomers born in 1958, with them ending in 1964, like they had heard all this propaganda and they're going into their 30s. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, and then uh, moving forward in the 80s, you get um, Newt Gingrich coming into Congress. And uh, and what he's doing is making cassette tapes. Um, okay. He made uh, analog podcasts. Okay. <laughs> he was making analog podcasts of which you could only distribute by physical copy because downloading didn't exist. Right. And he would record the way that he wanted Republican politicians to talk when they went back home and talked to radio show hosts. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, uh, here's an example of one of the things they did. Subtle shit, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of calling them the Democratic Party, just call them the Democrats and lean on the rats part. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you start hearing folks like saying that Democrat now, yeah. and Democrat becomes this ugly word, and then you hear rats and demon rats and other ways to say it. Mm-hmm. While Rush Limbaugh is the first person at the mainstream level to call feminists feminazis, yep. and now that's filling the air. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, this this strain of propaganda. And now, if you're around our age, you've seen the shit in the '90s. Fox News comes up in 1996. You know, and and the propaganda moves on. And uh, Americans are so fucking owned by that shit. Mm -hmm. Right? And I riffed on it so long, I forgot why I started. I don't know. Was it this pain compliance thing I clicked on? We didn't even start it yet, so I don't know. Damn. What was the story you just wrapped up? COVID guy dying because he wouldn't get the vaccine. Oh, was it because of them goofy motherfuckers? That's right. It was their dorky asses. Yeah, I can't believe I just launched into that tirade. (laughs) But maybe somebody learned something about the history of propaganda in America going back to fucking minstrel shows. I learned something. Yeah. All right, so I guess I am a nerd a bit, all right? I just don't like reading fiction. Fuck Jane Eyre. Fuck that. Not reading it. (laughs) All right, so, God, this one's gruff, yo. Yeah. This is a bad story. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, pain compliance? Yeah. Phoenix Cleeter brought me this off of the Associated Press. Um, so this is out in Monroe, um, Louisiana. And this article is uh, by Jake Bleiberg. Bleiberg or Bleiberg? Bleiberg. Bleiberg? Jake Bleiberg and Jim Mustian. Mustian? Mustian? Mustian. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Mustian? Maybe. I mean, he must be in. Mm. All right. I don't know that one. All right. But uh, yeah, so these two journalists uh, collaborated on this article for the Associated Press uh, coming out of uh, Moreau, Louisiana. And they're telling us that graphic body camera uh, video kept secret for more than two years shows a Louisiana state police trooper pummeling a black motorist 18 times with a flashlight. Jesus. You right. could kill someone doing that. And um, and I was just showing uh, Seven here, the old MTV Lyricist Lounge show where they uh, they were interviewing it's a hip hop show where they're rapping comedy sketches and when they did the news one, remember the cop said I proceeded to beat him in the head with a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. I mean I read him his rights. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that. police beaten with the flashlight. 
Because part of that, right, the flashlight's already a heavy piece of equipment itself, but it also has batteries in it. That's extra weight that they're hitting Which them with. Which also, I know a lot of cops use like mag lights. Them shits is heavy. Mm. I don't think I've ever. Those are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, I think I've seen them, and I, I brought the generic one. I got some pretty good lights, yeah. though. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in Illinois, uh, all the firefighters, paramedics, and all the police had mag lights in particular. Like, they were quite um, brand loyal to that particular one. And they were well-made and very heavy. Okay. If, I, if folks saw me on camera, I had to stand up. I know I said I was losing weight before, but my belly is still big enough that if I sit for a while, my belt buckle cuts into my belly and it's uncomfortable. Hmm. All right? That's what my life is now. It's, um, so 18 times with the flashlight. And in this attack, the trooper defended it as pain compliance. Uh, a quote, uh, well, quotes from... Uh, um, Aaron Larry Bowman, the uh, victim of this mauling, uh, said, I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting. Is what he was screaming in between um, blows on the footage obtained by the Associated Press. I wonder if they had to do a... Um, an, a FOIA. Yeah, a Freedom of Information Act. <clears throat> and this May 19th, uh, May 2019 beating, it followed a traffic stop and left him with a broken jaw, three broken ribs, a broken wrist, and a gash to his head. That required six staples to close. Even if pain compliance was a thing, which it isn't, and that's why this article caught my attention, because I've never seen it defined as, oh, we're playing the video? Uh, oh, no? No, I don't play the video. Okay. Um... Uh, I've never heard it identified as pain compliance, so I guess that's what they call it. But also, look at those injuries. Cracked cracked ribs, wrist, broken jaw. I would assume you're trying to beat me to death. I'm not going to comply. I'm going to try to not die. Because you're clearly trying to kill me. A broken jaw? Fucking stitches? Staples? Yeah, you're trying to kill me. That's not pain compliance. That's... He wouldn't stop moving, so I couldn't kill it. Yeah, blue lives do not matter, yo. Police are fucking murderers and rapists, the the bloody lot of them. Um, Bowman's encounter um, near his Monroe home came less than three weeks after troopers from the same embattled agency, right? Embattled means they get headlines they don't like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they keep doing this? Yeah. (laughs) Right. They're like, why do you keep saying that we're doing what we're doing? Like, you, you can't say it in the news. We're supposed to just joke about it in the bar after the shift. Yep. That's the only place it's talked about. You know, locker room talk. Uh, uh, Bowman's encounter near the Monroe home came less than three weeks after troopers from the same embattled agency. Uh, they punched, stunned, and dragged another black motorist by the name of Ronald Green. Uh, the green with that one that has the E at the end, if anyone wants to search that. And that was before he died in police custody. And so that would mean they murdered him. Mm-hmm. All right. Come on, Associated Press. Don't publish that. Edit that. Fix that. They murdered him. Right. So they punch, stunned and dragged him. And then he died. Now, let me, let me tell you something. That, so that means if, if, I, if I shoot someone. Mm-hmm. What needs to go in the newspaper and on the official report is he loaded the clip, pulled the trigger, and discharged a weapon. Yes. And then the person struck by the by the bullet died in Williams' custody. Yes. All right? Yes. 
<laughs> that that crappy Tom Cruise movie. Oh damn, which one? I don't even remember the name of it, but Jamie Foxx is in it, and he like Tom Cruise plays like a seri- like a professional hitman. Collateral damage. That one where he shoots the guy, and Jamie Foxx and shoots the guy off a balcony, and Jamie Foxx goes, "You just killed that man." He's like, "No, I didn't. The bullets in the fall did." Like it That's was a I- perfectly logical thing to say. Like what the fuck? That's when uh, Jamie Foxx was a taxi driver, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I damn, I have not seen that one literally since 2004. Yeah, I haven't seen it since when it came out. Yeah, I don't know. Because it is, like, yeah, Tom Cruise movies, like, other than A Few Good Men, they tend to be a one watch. And yeah. we know why everybody watched A Few Good Men more than once, and it wasn't because it was <laughs> wasn't controlled Tom by the Cruise. No. <laughs> Although I do like that one Mission Impossible movie. Um, I've never seen any of them. I like one of them. I'll watch, I'll watch it if it's on. I can dig it. I can dig it, player. All right, let's uh, take a look here. So, um, so Ronald Green uh, died in police custody on a rural roadside in northeast Louisiana. A video of Green's death, murder, uh, mm-hmm. similarly remained under wraps before the Associated Press obtained and published it earlier this year. Federal prosecutors are examining... Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, just... They're, oh, oh, no. The federal prosecutors are here. Maybe something's going to change. Oh, yeah. Weren't they in Ferguson, too? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then you see how everything changed? Yeah, everything changed. Like, now everyone knows the cops have tanks. That's different than That's when everyone different. didn't know. That's different. That's a big change. <laughs> we have an informed populace now. Right. There you go. All right, right. See, these mm-hmm. light-skinned niggas never appreciate information. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. You give them information, they just open up their freckles and shove them in the little holes under them. That's what freckles actually are. We're storing information? Yeah. So basically, I'm like a flash. I'm like a living flash drive? Uh, no. You ha- there's uh, groundhogs living those. I'm trying to tell Seven the truth here. There's, uh, there's little groundhogs that live <laughs> under freckles. There are not ground dogs that live under freckles. We sleep next to each other. I watch them come out. Yeah. They saw their shadow and said, there needs to be another air conditioner in here and went back in. It's a fact. All right. WineSellerMedia.facts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> continuing. Um, so federal prosecutors are examining both cases in a widening investigation into police brutality and potential cover-ups involving both troopers and state police brass. Uh, the state police, uh, they did not investigate the attack on Bowman until 536 days after it occurred. Uh, well, clearly that's because they got defunded and they just didn't have the money, even though they really wanted to. That's a fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were just worried. They were. Yeah. God, you disrespect their parish. Um, 56, uh, five, five and 36 days after it occurred, uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, uh, even though it was captured on body camera and only did so weeks after Bowman brought a civil lawsuit. So they were never going to investigate it. Good. Oh, no. We know what happens when they investigate. Like the investigation is busy work. Yeah. And they don't need busy work. (laughs) You realize work is a part of that. Uh, the state police fellers, uh, they released a statement uh, this past Wednesday saying that uh, Jacob Brown, the white trooper, which sounds like a fucking wrestler name. Mm. Jacob Brown, the white trooper. Jacob, you don't need to wear your hood in the ring. Uh, all right. So Jacob Brown, the white trooper who uh, struck Bowman 
uh, quote, engaged in excessive and unjustifiable actions, failed to report the use of force to his supervisors, and intentionally mislabeled, uh, mis yeah, intentionally mislabeled his body camera video. God damn. So when the body camera video was done, he basically just put like, I don't know, like uh, puppies being born on it. Probably. Jesus. That's a dirty motherfucker. Welcome to the you knew you were wrongness. Uh, So before resigning in March, uh, Brown uh, tallied 23 use of force uh, incidents dating to 2015 to 2019. Uh, Wait, dating to 2015, 19 of them targeting black people, according to the state police records. All right. So so he's definitely one of those people who became a cop just to be a bully. And a who in particular. Mm -hmm. But the other four, right? It says 19 were black people. Were the other four, like, were they white or were they just other people that weren't white? Right. I'm like, were they like Latino or something or like maybe like Middle Eastern? So kind of brown. Oh, we know how police like to fucking bust the face of a white woman. That's true. Yeah. Let's uh, see here. And aside from the federal investigation, uh, Brown faces state charges of second-degree battery and malfeasance in Bowman's beating. He also faces state charges in two other violent arrests of black motorists, including one he boasted about last year in a group chat with other troopers, saying the suspect is gonna be sore and it warms my heart knowing we could educate the yo- that young man. Now, I'm just curious... Since it's only a few bad apples, right? All yeah. the other cops in that chat instantly reported that, didn't they? Well, yeah. Because they're good apples. That's why this is up. Right. But right. It ta- it's a two-year reporting process. It's a two-year reporting process. Right, right. I mean, Jesus Christ. What? Yeah. There was an election coming up and whatnot? Uh-huh. People were busy. All right, you're hating. Mm-hmm. I know you just came here to hate and hate and hate some more. Okay. So, um... <clears throat> The uh, on the night that Bowman was pulled over for a traffic violation, keeping in mind Bowman is the one that was um, that was the story was originally about, uh, was pulled over for a traffic violation. Brown came upon the scene after deputies had forcibly removed Bowman from his vehicle, according to Alan West, that is volunteering, and uh, they had taken him to the ground. The trooper later told investigators he was quote. Uh, he, quote, was in the area and was trying to get involved, end quote. Involved with what? Ah, who knows? Uh, so welding an, um, wel- welding an 8-inch aluminum flashlight uh, reinforced with a pointed end to shatter car glass, Brown jumped out of his uh, state police vehicle and began bashing Bowman on his head and body within two seconds of initial contact. Hmm. All right. So a little longer than Tamir Rice got. A little bit. I think Tamir Rice got like fucking point oh seven three of a second or some shit. Yeah. It was fucking swift. Uh, all right. So within two seconds of initial contact, unleashing um, 18 strikes in 24 seconds, which also like, how fast are you fucking swinging? Yeah. Because, like, that's a weighty thing. But also, like, allegedly, ale- if the cop wasn't lying, let's just for a second assume he's telling the truth, right? Which mm. we know he's not, but 
This was pain compliance, right? Because ah. the suspect wasn't cooperating. If it was that, wouldn't it seem logical that you would hit someone once and tell them to stop and then hit them again if they continue? Because how are you expecting him to stop if you hit him? What was that? 18 times in 24 seconds? What were you expecting him to comply in those 24 seconds? Oh, uh, at the 18th one. It's like golf. Right. It was, right. Oh, man. All right. All right. Jesus Christ. You got the eagle eye on those dad jokes. Hey, what? Olivia don't know golf references. No. <laughs> That's all right, buddy. I wish, like, we could um, all get guns and just, like, kill all the cops. I yeah. would be okay with that. I would love that, but. Yeah. That's on brand. These are good ad-libs. <laughs> it's like I'm doing the verse. I got the perfect hype person. Yes. Oh, yes, I'm ma'am. What do you see? Oh, I didn't, th- I didn't was trying to see if there was anything else like of relevance in the. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, Well, um, so while doing this, this um, eight-inch aluminum flashlight, uh, he is saying, quote, give me your fucking hands. I ain't messing with you. I, I, I oh, God. I sound like a classic black actor trying to read the shitty hood lines the director gave me. (laughs) I ain't messing with you. I ain't messing with you, man. Um, He continues saying, um, I'm not fighting you. You're fighting me. Uh, He also, uh, and then Brown responded with, shut the fuck up. And you ain't listening. Uh, Bowman later can be heard, uh, can be heard in pain. They use the word moaning. Uh, still on the ground saying, quote, I'm bleeding. They hit me in the head with a flashlight, end quote. Now, uh, Mr. Brown is a 31-year-old individual. Oh, hold up. How the hell did I, uh... Did this thing just, like, extra scroll? There we are. Uh, Brown, 31, uh, later said that Bowman had, uh, struck a deputy and that the blows were pain compliance intended to get Bowman into handcuffs. Investigators who reviewed Brown's video months after the fact determined his case of fo- his use of force was not reasonable or necessary. Brown did not respond to several messages seeking a comment. Now Bowman is a 46-year-old individual, uh, deny- he denied hitting anyone and is not seen on the uh, video being violent with officers but he still faces a list of charges, including battery of a police officer, resisting an officer, and the traffic violation uh, for which he was initially stopped. Improper lane usage. And so the pig, uh, Mr. Brown, not only failed to report his use of force, but then he deliberately mislabeled his footage as a citizen encounter in what investigators called an intentional attempt to hide the video from any administrative review, end quote. Uh, Bowman's defense attorney, uh, Keith Whitten, said he was initially, um, that he was initially told there was no body camera video. Damn, so this nigga lied to his lawyer? Like, isn't it advised that, like, even if you're, like, guilty, you still tell your lawyer the real shit so they can make the Wait, best argument? Bowman was the, the guy who got beat. So the yeah. cop told the, 
the lawyer for the guy who got beaten up that there was no video, right? Ah, wait, Bowman's defense attorney. Okay, I hate how close their names are. Oh. That is killing me. All right, Bowman's a defense attorney, and also I think, um, yeah, I hit that reefer doobie, and that shit, uh, yeah. that is uh, stronger than expected. Okay. All right, watch out for those hybrids, kids. That'll knock you on your ass. Hmm. All right, um, <clears throat> and so the defense attorney at Keith Whitten said he was a Okay, so the attorney was told that. He was initially told there was no body camera video. And here comes that evil ACLU. Uh, the American Civil Liberties Union of Louisiana uh, said the video was further impetus uh, for federal authorities to conduct a so-called pattern and practice investigation of state police. Why do you scoff? You know they're not going to investigate anything and they're not going to do anything. And already, and what, there's the fucking hurricane right now. I'm sure that there's white cops shooting black people on a bridge as we speak. Oh, so you're saying that's the pattern of their practice. Mm-hmm. So cool. the only answer is is a revolution, huh? Yep. yep. I knew it. Yep. But, uh... But that's not happening, so. Yeah, people really like boots. Like, I'm talking about, like, you see how, how we got these here candy canes? Oh. That is how boots are for them. Like, they are, like, outstanding, sir. How many more hours can I work? Are you taking my overtime pay? This is great. Love the boot. And we don't like bootlickers in the wine cellar. No. Bootlickers are bad, but candy canes are good. These candy canes were given to us uh, at the beginning of the pandemic because somebody was happy that we were giving out free masks. Aww. Yeah, thank you, folks. And I kept them, yeah, and these peanuts came with them. Almonds. Those are almonds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just keeping them forever. I'm not eating any of that. I'm keeping it forever because it's like a special gift and it's nice. Oh. All right, but back to what is not a special gift and not nice, pain compliance. All right, so a uh, quote coming from the uh, uh, Elena Odoms. Uh, they say, in the absence of federal oversight, LSP, Louisiana um, State, State Police, Police, will continue to put Louisianans at risk of constitutional rights violations, end quote, uh, from the executive director, Elena Odoms. Now, another individual of whom is the district attorney in Monroe, Robert Toe, it's T E W, and I'm thinking that's probably toe. What do you think? Uh, maybe I don't know. Kind of like the word so. Maybe. But like S E W. I don't know. I, I yeah, like I remember seeing the name Eric Taze, and that was T O E S. Mm -hmm. You never I know. I think it is because like the last name T O doesn't really. Yeah, or yeah. two, two maybe. None. E Robert Toe. Oh my God, Roberto. <laughs> okay, so District Attorney Roberto uh, declined to discuss Brown's case or anything to do with the state police. Quote, we'll see what the DOJ has to do, end quote, he said during a brief interview outside of his home. Uh, Bowman himself hadn't seen the footage until recently when prosecutors from the U.S. Justice Department showed it to him and his civil attorney. He said, uh, quote, I kept thinking I was going to die that night, as Phoenix Kaleeder uh, said. And uh, that's what he told Associated Press through tears in a recent interview. Quote, it was like reliving it all over again by watching it. I broke down all over again. I don't want nobody to go through that. 
end quote. And Phoenix Kalita, is there any chance that you have this story? Oh, uh, oh we're the, doing more. Okay. <laughs> oh, wrap, kill this episode, uh, no, bring fine. it back tomorrow. Oh, no, no, ma'am, let's take a look at our time. Yeah, we've been recording for like two hours. No, two hours and five minutes. Okay. <laughs> really? All right. Mm-hmm. This is the mansplaining you came for. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so let's let's kill this one. I'll leave the tab open. Okay. All right. And we'll get down to some getting down because it is 8 in the p.m. Yeah. Right? Folks got to wrap stuff up. All right. 7 yeah, and I, I go, we need to go I get to go a really to, hard shift. Yeah, I got to go back to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. December 17th and all that love. Yeah. But tomorrow's like my Friday because I'm off Wednesday. Ah, shit and yeah. damn. Not for me. And then I'm alone with uh with dipshit Ed on a uh, Wednesday. I say his name, I don't care. Yeah, I was like, oh. wait, he doesn't get a fake name or anything. No, yeah, I'm not throwing his last name on there, but also oh, yeah. like this isn't a career. <laughs> like yeah. this it's fucking dipshit Ed. He's just a dipshit Republican and I have to be near him tomorrow. All right, folks, winesolarmedia.com. Quite frankly, I've been complaining about the podcast dying. I think this episode is hot. Um, it was kind of old school, damn near 2015 energy, and um, I'll see if I can uh, bring that back tomorrow, but I will probably have more sea level rise news, because for some reason, I'm ki- I kind of just want to see more. Like, I think I am personally am behind on sea level rise news, so I will be, co- be consuming some of that information just for my own personal intake. And I will probably share some of it with you folks as well. Uh, oh, hold it down. What up? Nothing. Holding it down. Oh, <laughs> hold it down if you're ready to clown at uh, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. And uh, tip jars always open at paypal.me slash phoenix and William. There is a Venmo. That shit is at wine cellar media. Phoenix Cleeter made one of those cash app deals. And it is a dollar sign Phoenix Kaliter on the Cash App location. Let's get the funk on. Oh, oh, shout out. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say shout out to Ty. Tally. Tally. Yeah. Even though she's not here when she comes back because she commented a lot. Okay. <laughs> and I got something where I put Tally's name in a rhyme. I did like a little series where I did name rhyme and like anyone that dropped their name in a thread, I did a short verse rhyming their name. Ooh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and I did one, uh, Tally was one of the uh, participants in that. But one of the funnest ones, because you know I'm into multi-syllable rhymes, was uh, Marie Pancake Batfish Boo. And yeah, I rhymed every syllable. Marie All right. <laughs> I'm, I can't even rhyme. Yeah, Marie Pancake Batfish Boo. It took a little second to write. It was a challenge. And stop. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.